Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. For more information about our church and service times, please visit revival.me. Enjoy the message. And I I felt the Lord say there's a, a new fire I'm about to release through you. And I was overcome, man. I, I can't even explain to you in words. I got up, and it was just like this fire hit me. And uh, I began to release it, and I shared a word that was on my heart. Um, but it's, it's burning. It's still burning. It's still burning. And my prayer is, is that we all can catch it. Can you say amen? amen. I believe that there is a, a fresh uh, fire of his love yes. that is continually flowing from the Father's heart. And if we are open, and we know that, and if one of the things we need to realize is that we can never outgrow our need for the love of God. We can never outgrow our need for a father's love. Amen? <laughs> and, uh, and, and it's just wonderful to be here in, in, in our home and worshiping with you, with the saints. I, I want to read out of 2 Timothy, and I have... A lot of scriptures here. I know I'm not going to get to all of them, um, but I, I am excited to share with you some things that are burning in my heart. And as we make way for the uh, the incarnation, the celebration of Christmas, you know this is Advent started uh, a couple of weeks ago on the Eastern calendar, and and I and I want to talk a little bit about that, like you know, in preparation. A lot of times. It's, it's a religious thing or, or like a ritualistic or uh, religiosity that kind of, well, yeah, we're preparing. A lot of people grew up and, and it was like you're fasting and you're giving things up. You don't even know why. And you're like making space and you're in preparation for Christmas. And, and, and I don't want that, although I think that that's helpful. Sometimes it's good for us to fast and things and and, and clear our minds, and, and, I, and I would encourage that. You know, the New Covenant uh, does encourage that. The New Testament and the Scripture encourages that, even as New Covenant Christians. But I want to talk a little bit about this concept of making space for Jesus, which is, in essence, making space for greater revelation of the Father's love. And as we prepare for the, the Christmas season, um, my heart is that that you would stir up the fire of God inside of you and that we would, as a people, carry the flame of his love uh, to the world around. Because how many know this is a wonderful time to reach families, to reach the community, to reach our city? Come on, somebody. Don't get me preaching already. I haven't read any scripture yet, but we should rise up as a people of God and stir up the fire inside of us. And, uh, and, And that's our responsibility. That's not God's responsibility. Amen. You know, we, sometimes we're like, God, would you just set me on fire? He's like, I've given you a fire, and it doesn't go out. It might flicker, but you have to stir it up on the inside of you. Like, you have to receive my love so you can give it away. And, and God wants his love to overflow through us as believers. Yes. And there's, there's a fierceness to the love of God. There is a fear of the Lord that is kindled when we allow 
His love to wound us, if you will. I don't know about you, but I've been wounded by love. As a 17-year-old that received Jesus, man, I was raised Catholic. I didn't know the Lord. I had an awareness, a slight reverence for God, but I, I was afraid of God. Like, like I, I was afraid that he was going to strike me with lightning. He, he looked like Zeus to me. And then Jesus showed himself to me. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Jesus revealed his heart to me. And I've been wounded by love. And as a 17-year-old young kid who just didn't want to go to hell, to be honest, my sister told me, I was born again. I'm like, I don't know what that is. She said, I prayed this prayer and something changed in me. And now I'm going to go to heaven. I'm like, I want to go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. I want to pray the prayer. What do I need to do? And I remember just opening my heart to his love and Everything changed. But I want you to understand that the flame of his love is in you now. And some of us have covered it. Some of us have allowed that fire to just dwindle down. But now is the time. This is the time, the place that we stir that fire up. The gift in us, the gift of his presence, the gift of the spirit, the gift of his love. Because in celebration of Christmas, we're celebrating the gift that God became man to redeem us. And what a price he paid. And I I can't get away from the scripture in 2 Timothy. There really is a lot in here I could unpack. I'm going to do my best to stay on track. But I... um, I can really feel a a fire stirring in me. And and I, I want... I want to communicate this to the best of my ability that I believe the Lord is, and he does this at the same time. I don't know how he does it, but there's a fierceness to the love of God and and a depth to the love of God where he removes the lies and the distorted images of who we think he is, the dread. We dread God. We're terrified of God. That's not the fear of the Lord. You know, you don't have to be afraid of your good papa that loves you. He loves you. He loves us. I don't know why, but he just does. (laughs) And, And as he dismantles the distorted images that archaic religion have fed us, at the same time, he brands us, he wounds us with his fierce love, And we have this holy fear of the Lord. Somebody asked me a question recently, is the fear of the Lord for the new covenant Christian? Because somebody was telling them that, you know, the Bible says there's no fear in love. But perfect love drives out all fear, right? We know this from 1 John. But how many know that that context, he's talking about the fear of punishment. We don't have to be afraid that God is this punishing judge. But he is, and there is a final judgment, by the way. Come on, somebody. Like, there is a moment where all of us will have to give account before him. It's still a little scary. I don't know about you, but I still, like, I I feel like sometimes we, 
we dumb things down in the name of good theology, and, but we, we, we throw the baby out with the bathwater. There's still something very sacred and holy about standing before God where His glory shines and exposes everything. But it's a healing light. We don't have to be afraid of the light. It brings us into his arms. You know, the conviction of the Spirit never makes us feel condemned or shameful. The conviction of the Holy Spirit draws us close to Papa. Can you say amen? amen? And it is warm and inviting, but it's fierce and wounding at the same time. And I, I don't know how God does it, but it's like this, this revelation of who God is. And as we prepare for the Christmas season, I'm praying that we would make room for, God, I want a greater revelation of the Father's love. And I want to be reminded that ministry is about releasing the love of the Father. And any deviation or detour from this is a de- detour from the ministry of Jesus. We are called to release the heart and the love of our Father. And as God dismantles the distorted images of who he is, at the same time, he brands our hearts with a holy fear. And somebody was asking me, is the, is the fear of the Lord for the new covenant Christian? I said, absolutely. It's, it's, in, it's in scripture. I want to look at a few verses. But I want to start with 2 Timothy where Paul's encouraging Timothy. And, and he's like, Timothy, you're the man. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, of course. He doesn't say that. But he, he loves Timothy. And... He reminds them how much he prays for him. And he, this is the second letter he writes. And how many know Timothy is, he is the head elder or apostle. This is, the Bible actually calls him an apostle, not a pastor. Even though these are known as the pastoral epistles, he, he's never called pastor. Did you know that? He's actually known as an apostle. And Paul's like, I've been praying for you all the time. I am mindful of your tears. And it could be, uh, he could be talking about when Paul left Ephesus. It's recorded in the book of Acts where they pray together and he charges them to watch over the, the uh, charges the elders by the power of the spirit to watch over the flock. And, and they kneel together and pray and they're weeping aloud. And Paul's like, I am praying for you, Timothy. And I want to just pick up here. There's a couple verses. Um, one that sometimes we like pass over, but I want to I start with it. Let's just start with verse 1, 2 Timothy chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, open up, or you can, uh, you can use your device. Let's, uh, let's just read 2 Timothy chapter 1. That's so weird, right? Open up your devices to the Holy Scriptures. It's so fut- futuristic. Uh, maybe someday it'll be like on our eyelids or something. We just close our eyes and there's the scripture, you know, technology. No, I'm kidding. That'd be the mark of the beast. Don't do it. No, I'm kidding. Microchips. Okay. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, and Jesus Christ, our Lord. I want to read that one verse to you in another translation, then we're going to continue reading. In the Passion, he says, My beloved son, I pray for a greater release. Oh, this is so good. I pray for a greater release of God's grace, love, and total well-being to flow into your life from God our Father and 
from the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that good? Greater grace and love and a revelation of who God is to flow. Now, I, I, I like that too because well-being flows and we are well when we love and we receive his grace. And when we choose to be other-centered, um, we're, we are well. It is well with our soul. Amen? Amen? And when we choose not to love, uh, we become a dead sea. And that's where oppression, depression, lies, isolation, and all those things can creep in. But how many know that we're created by God to be other-centered and self-giving? And so during the season, uh, I pray that that's a reminder. And so Paul is praying for Timothy. And I'm going to jump now to verse 3, and I'm reading in the New King James Version. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I might be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that's in you, which dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, I am persuaded that it's in you also. Therefore, I remind you, say you. Who's he talking to? Yeah, he's talking to Timothy. And he's saying, I remind you to what? Stir up the gift of God. It's not Paul's job to stir the gift of God up. It's Timothy's job to stir the gift of God up. And the language here is to fan a flame. What is the gift of God? It's the gift of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, and the gift that Timothy is to the body of Christ. Because they're all interwoven. And if he's an equipping leader, then obviously the word gift in Ephesians 4 is doma, which is it's tied to the identity of the person. So pastors, apostles, evangelists, prophets, teachers, all those, their gifts, apostles, their gifts to the body of Christ, wrapped in human flesh, the hardest ones to receive, right? They're not wrapped in a beautiful Christmas golden bow and all that. They're wrapped in awkward human flesh. It's much harder to receive that way. But Paul's saying, I want you to stir up the gift that's in you through the laying on of my hands. The gift you received via impartation. Now, that's powerful to me. There's a lot we could say about that, you know, understanding impartation. We see it in Romans chapter 1, verses, I think it's uh, 13 and 14. Paul says, I can't wait to get to you so I can impart a gift to you. And that our mutual faith would be encouraged. See, impartation works two ways. It works, it's a synergistic thing. Like if, if you're pouring out to someone, it comes back. It like you, you get, it splashes back on you. And Paul's like, I am telling you, I'm reminding you that, and I know you have faith, Timothy, but I'm reminding you to stir that gift, to fan the flame in you. And he says, for God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Now, it's interesting he uses the word fear. In, in some translations, it might say timidity. In some translations, it might even use the word bondage, which is the same word in Romans 8 that we have been given not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of adoption where we cry out, Abba, Father, right? Yeah. 
Now, what's interesting to me, and we're, we're going to talk about that because there is a difference between being terrified of God and living in fear versus having a fear of the Lord. And I think there is something that we obtain or discover in knowing God where the reverential awe of God burns in us like a fire that can never go out. And I believe it's something that you don't hear preached on very often, but there is a fire of the fear of the Lord that we need in the body of Christ. Can you say amen? And I say that with fear to the Lord. Like I, I, I really believe, and even as I'm saying it, I'm saying it in a way like God, I'm making space in my heart. I'm not standing here saying this like I've got it all down. Come on, somebody. Talk back to me this morning or I'll preach a bad sermon. You don't, want a, you don't want a bad sermon. Like sinners in the hands of an angry God or something. The opposite of what I'm preaching, literally. I, I'm not here saying this stuff like, oh, I, I fear the Lord and I just really wish you would too. I'm saying let us as the people of God, as sons and daughters, not get too lax in our faith, but be reminded that there's a flame of love within us. There's a gift of presence, a treasure in these earthen vessels that God chose us to be a holy temple and His temple is sacred and there is a place for the fear of the Lord, not being terrified of God, not being afraid that God is going to wipe us out, but having a reverential awe of God in the New Testament as New Covenant believers that we come before God with holy reverence saying, God, would you wound us with your love? And in the discovery of the depths of God's love, there's a discovery of the fierceness of His love at the same time. Oh, it is good, huh, Rochelle? Praise God. And I want to make space for the fear of the Lord. And I want to make space for revealing the heart and the love of the Father. Because when we fear the beginning, uh, uh, fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fear, when we fear God, I love it in Proverbs where uh, he says in Proverbs 2, he tells us to pursue wisdom, to set our hearts on a life of understanding, which understanding is standing under. See, you understand when you stand under, when you yield. You don't understand by, like, having all your thoughts perfect. No, lean not on your own understanding, but trust in the Lord with all your heart. Acknowledge Him in all your ways, and He'll direct your path. See, understanding is radical trust. Understanding is surrender, which is not an action, but the ceasing of an action. And He says, pursue this. Set your heart on it. And He says, make it your priority. Search for it like a prospector panning for gold, like an adventurer on a treasure hunt. Believe me, before you know it, the fear of God will be yours. You'll have come upon the knowledge of God. The fear of God always leads us to knowing Him. It's always about intimacy. It's never about looking holy and spiritual and doing all the right things and like I fear the Lord and you don't no it's it's a reverential awe that grips us it's an awareness of God that doesn't go away on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday it's not just a Sunday morning thing the fear of the Lord is God has wounded me with his love 
And I want that, and I want that stirred up. But one of the things I see here in 2 Timothy that Paul says, and sometimes we skip over it, is he says, to Timothy, a beloved son. It's the exact same phrase that we see the father speaking over his beloved, unique, one and only son, right? He says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, in whom my soul delights. You see, Paul is resounding. Paul, and resounding not just like a sound bouncing off of him, but rather like a tuning fork that the power of heaven's love through the heart and love, the fire of the Father's love, causes the tuning fork of of his heart to reverberate that same love. And he's saying it, my son Timothy, and he says, a beloved son. Why is this important? Because as people that are Christians that serve the Lord in whatever we do, may we be reminded that ministry is always about releasing the heart of the Father. The love of the Father. And we could be saved a million years, but let us never shut our hearts off to people, even people that that don't love us back. Even people that are mean to us. Come on, somebody. Love them with the same fierce love that you've been loved with, that I've been loved with. That God pursued us even when we ran. It's a furious love. I want to be wounded by furious love. I want fresh fire to burn in me in a way that has never burned before. Because the church needs it now. The church does not need three points in a poem. The church does not need nice music. We need to encounter the fire of God. And I'm not talking about hellfire like your like judgment, condemnation type of judgment. But the judgment that is the light of God exposing everything. And we all come before him and say, God... I'm yours. I want that judgment. I want that light. I want that fire of his love. And Paul's telling Timothy, don't forget what it's about, Timothy. Don't be timid. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Now, that verse, let me segue into closing by talking about one of the the things that Paul's probably referring to is, how many know that in... In uh, Exodus and in the Old Covenant, they came to Mount Sinai where there was fear, there was trembling, there was, uh, uh, you know, all, all of the things that happened, the thunder and the lightning. They were afraid of God and they begged Moses, we don't want to hear his voice anymore. And they did not want to hear his voice. Now, there's a couple verses I want to read to you because when we talk about the fear of the Lord, again, we're not talking about being afraid of God like he's going to wipe us out, but having a reverential awe of God, an awareness of God. And the fear of the Lord, the the core of the fear of the Lord is the flame of his love that is so deep and so wide. And the deeper we have an awareness of it, the, the more we have an awareness of the 
uh, the fury and the fierceness of that love. You know, my kids could tell you stories. I, I could tell you stories about my own dad's love. I, my dad is the most loving, wonderful, kind uh, person. And, um, and at the same time, you don't mess with my pops. Like, how many know what I'm talking about? Like, you don't mess with the old man. Come on, somebody. And, and I, I, like, I have so many amazing fond memories, both my mom and my dad, just super loving parents, so thankful for my parents. And, but speaking of the love of a father, I, I mean, I, and I hope that it, my kids say, would say the same thing about me. I'm sure that they would say, yeah, dad, you're very loving, but you're also very fierce. Yeah, I see Sarah's head nodding like this. Because there is something about the, you know, and, and here's the thing, like sometimes, we all know this, I mean, most of us know this, but like if we have orphan wounds, we don't know the Father's love, we will pursue, perceive correction as rejection. You know, we, we will, it's hard for us to receive that kind of love, but it's, it's from God, like correction is from God, Hello? We need correction. We need equipping. Equipping sounds great until we understand it actually means to set a bone back in place. Ouch, you know, chiropractors, come on somebody, Nikolai. And we need adjustments. And, and there's times a father's love will come in and say, hey, you need to make an adjustment here. And that's what I'm praying today, and this is what I'm trying to communicate is that that let us make an adjustment and open our hearts to the Father's love. We don't come to Mount Sinai where we're afraid of God, but we have come to Mount Zion. Now, let me just read to you. Let me read to you this Hebrews text. I was reading it this morning, man. It was so profound. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Why am I in Hebrews chapter 1? Hold on, let me find it. Hebrews chapter 12. Thank you, Lord. Okay, so the author of Hebrews, he opens up and says, we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Run with endurance, endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Then he says, discipline is from God. He says, God loves those whom he disciplines. Amen. You don't, like, okay, this is not a parental rebuke. Maybe it is a parental rebuke. I don't know. If you don't, if you tolerate rebellion in your children, you don't love them. My kids are crazy, but they're not rebellious. Crazy in a good way. I don't want to, like, tag them. They're, you know, they're wild. They're kids. But they're not rebellious because I don't tolerate that as a father. Why? Because I love them. My love is so fierce for them, so deep, that I won't tolerate that in them. And I'll tell them. And the Lord disciplines those that he loves. I've heard this guy say, um, you know, you chew up the meat and spit out the bones, but there's this guy, very prolific voice, say, he says, and I, I really like this. This is in one of his books. And he says, don't let your children do anything that will make you not like them. I'm like, that's a good word. 
Yeah. You ever, you ever feel like, you know, some kids are just allowed to do whatever they want to do? And it happens sometimes, right? Now, listen, I'm not just talking. This is a metaphor. So I don't want to lose you. But when we understand the Father's love, we understand that, that he, sets, he aligns us to where we don't just run rampant and do whatever we want to do. Hello? And sometimes there's a lack of a Father's love. And you see, like, and there's a grace for single parents. And it's tough when you don't have both mom and dad because a young boy needs a father's love. A young girl needs a father's love. A young boy needs a mother's love. We need the fullness of God's love to align us so we don't just run and do whatever we want to do. Are you all with me? He loves those who he disciplines. Now, when we talk about the discipline of the Lord, we're talking about the word. He corrects us with his word. He doesn't put sickness on his kids and say, well, I'm teaching you a lesson. No, that's not who he is. He's a father of lights. And there's no variation, a shadow of turning. Every good and perfect gift is from heaven. God is love. God is light. And in him, there's no darkness at all. So don't attribute darkness to the father. Now, in the Old Testament, we saw who God is, but it was veiled. But in the New Covenant, Jesus, in Jesus, we have the fullness of the glory revealed. So we can't just take a few verses like Isaiah says, I create darkness and calamity. And like, we can't just take a couple verses and string them together and form our image of God. That's just making the Bible say whatever you want to. We have to look at Jesus and read the, the scripture that's inspired and authoritative through the light of who Jesus is. So the Father disciplines those that he love, loves. Can you say amen? amen? This is where I want to close with. And, and the new covenant is, there's other scriptures about the fear of the Lord. But I want, to, I want to focus on this one here. It says, we have not come to the mountain that may be touched and, the, and burn with fire and the blackness and darkness and tempest. He's talking about Mount Sinai. He says, no, we have, we're not coming to that mountain. Where it says, and so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I'm exceedingly afraid and trembling. But you have come, say you have come, to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, the judge of all, the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better than that of the things of Abel. Can you say amen? amen. Now, this is, this is one of those verses in the New Testament. They're not famous to preach on Sunday, but I'm going to just do it anyways. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven. Now earlier in this, in this book he says, in the past God spoke through his prophets, but now he's spoken to us through his son. What is the writer saying? He's saying, listen, Jesus is what God has to say. Jesus is the perfect revelation of the Father. He says it in the third verse of this book. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. Don't refuse the revelation of God in Jesus Christ. Don't refuse that Jesus has revealed the heart of the Father. And that's what we're created to do at the same time. As we receive it, as we stir that fire of God up, 
And he brands our hearts with something. Now, let me just read these last few verses. This is so powerful. He says, The voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I will not only shake the earth, but also heaven. Now this once more indicates the removal of the things that are being shaken as of the things that are made, that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. God speaks and he shakes the things that can be shaken so they are removed. This is it right here, verse 20. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Isn't that good? Paul says, Timothy, I want you to stir that fire up. There is something holy about the fire of God. And I want this, as we prepare for Christmas this month, I want to burn with the Father's love like never before. I want to be so aware of the presence of God wherever I go that I'm thinking, how can I reveal the Father's love? When I'm sitting at home, and my little nine-year-old girl comes in, hey, Daddy, that I'm not too busy to stop and grab her and release the Father's love over her. When I sit at my table for Christmas, that I'm reminded, you only, we only get to do this once, guys. Like, we only get to do it while we're here. You're, you can't, you're not going to choose to honor, to love, to forgive in heaven. Like that, right? There's a completeness to our nature being glorified. Now it's a choice. Like, let's not miss out on the opportunities to show the love of the Father as a people. Come on. How many are ready and just say, Lord, I want you to ignite the flame of this love and this fear of God. I want you to replace the toxic images of you with the holy understanding of who you are and then it would just brand my heart with the fierceness of your love. Can we just stand up together and close? I want to I want to just pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Stir up the fire. Fan the flame. Don't let your love grow cold. You know that fire burns to the degree that we receive and understand the Father's love. So just receive his love right now. I break off lies and condemnation. And I break off the things that bind and restrict us. I pray right now that you'd shake the things that can be shaken, Lord, from heaven. We release the word of the Lord right now. I thank you for this people. Would you come in power, Lord? Would you just blow like a mighty wind? In the name of Jesus, let this fire of love, this flame of love burn. We pledge our lives to you right now. Brand us with the fear of the Lord as we prepare in celebration of the beauty of the incarnation of God in the person of Jesus Christ. We make space and room for greater revelation of the Father's love. I was reminded of John chapter 5 where the, the man who was 
had an illness for years and years and years. What was it, 38 years? And Jesus shows up and sets him free. I feel like sometimes we, we think, well, I'm just going to live with this. I'm just going to have to deal with this the rest of my life. And Jesus walks in 38 years. He says, rise, pick up your bed and walk. What is, what is your mat that has you lying? And, and you've been stuck in it. And in the next portion, the Pharisees were mad. And he says, I'm just doing what the Father's doing. I'm just releasing the Father's love. You know what got that guy off his mat? The Father's love. And the Father still releasing us from things, even the scars, even the things that we, we think will never, well, that's just something. It's a crutch I'm going to deal with. It's a limp I have. No, you can be free. It's, I just deal with anxiety. It's just who I am. No, it's not who you are. You can be set free from it. Are you with me this morning? Like there's something about God when He speaks and He says, this is who I am. I'm shaking the things that can be shaken. Well, I, I'm sick. I just, that's just, I have an illness and I probably won't, I'll receive my healing in heaven. Well, what if God wants to give it to you now? Amen. Receive it. Rise up. Take your bed and walk. Take authority over the things. Let the shackles be broken over your life. I declare freedom over the people of God right now. Can we lift our voices in prayer right now? Come on, church. Let's close this moment and say, Lord, we receive. We will not refuse the voice of our Father that speaks from heaven that we are your beloved children. Would you wound us with love? Would you brand us with a holy fear of the Lord? I pray for the spirit of the fear of the Lord to grip our hearts in Jesus' name. Teach us to love. Teach us to forgive. Teach us to reach the unreached and touch the untouched. There are broken people that need the love of God. Oh, wound us with love. We pray in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We thank You, Lord. I thank You for Your people. Lift every burden. <laughs> this is a season of peace on earth and goodwill toward men. The joy, the joy of the incarnation. We thank you right now for joy. This is not a regular holiday season. Well, I just, I just get depressed around the holidays. I rebuke that lie in Jesus' name. Let, let your people be overcome with such a joy that it's contagious, Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. In your presence is fullness. I just release joy over you right now. Would you lay hands on the person next to you and just say, I release joy over you right now. When you're in love, when you're lost in love, come on, you laugh and you're, you're, there's just overflowing joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Let joy abound. Let peace abound. I declare the shalom of God. Nothing missing and nothing broken. An overflow of the Father's love. I curse at the root the fear of abandonment. I will never leave you nor forsake you. This is what the Scripture says. I will never leave you. You're not alone. I command the lies of abandonment to be broken now. I'll never leave you. The 
listen, hear the Father. There's sozo taking place right now. I'll never leave you. I love you. You're my beloved. Daughters, listen. You're daddy's girl. Let him embrace you right now. Sons, I'm so proud of you. My beloved son, in whom my soul delights. I release the fire of the Father's love. Christian, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you, Christian. (laughs) We love you, Lord. We bless you. We love you. We receive your love. Behold what love the Father has lavished upon us that we are called the children of God. And may this love overflow and abound. If we love you, if we receive your love, we love you. And if we love you, we love one another. Teach us to love. Teach us to walk in the fear of God. Life is too short not to. Teach us to love as we prepare for the celebration of the incarnation of God this season. (laughs) In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, Pastor Zach here at Encounter Church in Rochester, New York. Hope you were blessed by that message. And we want to give you an opportunity to sow into the ministry if you'd like to. If you would, just go to revival.me and click on the button that says give. Thanks again and have a blessed, blessed day.